We're with Dr. Raj Bans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society, here to answer some medical questions related to health that we found in the news recently. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. All right, ready to answer some of these very... Yes. We, we went everywhere looking for all these articles. Right. Now, uh, COVID-19, of course, has just been declared a global pandemic by the WHO. But here in Malaysia, we had 20 new cases yesterday, yeah. but one recovery. And I think the good news here in Malaysia is that we have... So far, zero mortality rate. What is it that Malaysian hospitals are doing that encourages this high rate of recovery? Because every day we hear of someone recovering. That's a very good question, you know, because we exactly don't know what's really happening. Isn't it? Why, why the certain countries, the mortality rate is higher? You know, like Italy, they say maybe the virus is more virulent. Or is it just that, uh, you know, they are a lot older people? Because, mm. you know, the mortality is much higher in older people. And, uh, you know, in North Italy, they've got a lot of people who are probably in the 80s, 90s, 100s, you know, the northern part of Italy. Mm. So whether they were not exposed to such virus, a virus, came they're old and mortality is higher and uh, so far we're not getting much of the older people getting infected so we don't know whether that's the reason whether the virus has been a hotter country less virulent so a lot of questions unanswered here the hope it stays like this yeah. though we are getting more p- people getting infected now but the mortality has been zero hope it stays that way hope we recover faster and uh, later we probably they will have to even WHO will have to look and see why certain countries had higher mortality faster spread rate why some didn't have you know because we you look at Indonesia, look at Singapore, Malaysia, you know, the mortality not that bad. So, is it because of the where we are? You know, the, the, heat. the heat. We don't know. I'm just guessing. So, I think it'd be very interesting to look back as the epidemiologists and the researchers look and see what exactly did this virus do? Where was it more problematic? Where was it better? And what can they do in the future to make sure that it doesn't get so bad? Yeah, because I actually read another article that says that um, this virus is not heat resistant, means it hates the sun. Mm. So, maybe some of these patients just need to be exposed to the heat yeah I mean that's nature and uh, hopefully that's why they say when summer comes the whole uh, you know drop will be there in the disease so let's wait and see yeah but how can you implement that in other countries that's you can't cold. implement a sun you know what I mean <laughs> maybe they just need some more fresh air maybe it needs to be an outdoor I don't know no idea let's, let's just uh, wait and see what happens when they do the research into all this now, this is really interesting because recently there have been home test kits, meaning that these ambulance or whatnot will come or doctors will come to your home if you are suspected to have COVID-19, meaning you don't have to go to the hospital. But if we do go to the hospital, if we were in close contact with someone who is positive COVID-19, what is the procedure? Yeah, the moment you, I mean, now we got, I think the newspaper came out with the list of uh, labs and the hospitals that can actually do the testing now, no more just the government mm. and and some of them do provide home services. That means they actually come to your house. These are trained personnel. But if you are coming to, let's say, my hospital and you're coming and you say, I've got fever, there's a list of questions they'll ask you. One is, of course, travel or in close contact with anyone with the, so all those questions. Now, the moment they suspect a fever, they will first try to rule out the common things. Now, the person talking to you will probably be all gowned up because they want to make sure that they don't get infected. Yes. So, we'll check for dengue or influenza, you know, where there's a bacterial infection. So, if it falls into one of those categories, then of course you're, you're okay fine. you get admitted for treatment for whatever disease you need if you're suspected of uh, travel or there are some symptoms of uh, the suggestive of uh, COVID then a test is done and within about 6 hours you get the results if you're positive straight away you're sent to the two main hospitals either Sungai Bulo or General Hospital Kolompo and of course you'll be quarantined if you're negative and you're still suspected you're sent to a special ward where you're still under sort of quarantine mm. until they do the second test and they look at and observe you because they're not sure 
sure what's uh, you know where your status is because you couldn't be in the honeymoon period you still be, could be negative mm. uh, so that's how the procedure is actually quite strict i think that's one of the reasons why we be picking up cases faster and uh, you know isolating them faster of course the moment you come positive everyone that's been contact with you had to quarantine themselves for 14 days get tested and if you're negative get tested again in 72 hours and still wait to the quarantine period And this next article is about drinking energy drinks and how it can affect a person's liver as well as kidney. Now, I I guess the question is what is in the energy drinks that can cause liver and kidney problems? Yeah, I mean, uh, energy drink contains things that you're supposed to give what it says like energy. So you got a lot of sugars inside and in fact the caffeine levels are quite high. Mm. You know, compared to even the normal coffee you have to get double or uh, three times that uh, level of caffeine. You got what they call taurine. Taurine is a sort of a substance all, all this helps you gives you that energy that boost. That boost is it? Yeah. Right? Niacin, niacin is vitamin B3. Now all these are okay, but you know, if you take too much The question if you take too much if you take one can of energy drink i don't think it's going to make uh, much of it. it might give you a boost for some people for whatever reasons use that as an alternative to everything else you know and i think in that article this lady actually started taking 5 6 7 and she drinks a day nothing else because she and was a cancer patient i yeah. think as well and uh, she thought maybe that will help her you know because she couldn't eat and think didn't have appetite and i think the things like taurine and niacin too much of that can actually affect the liver and kidney you also worry that uh, you know where some of the energy drinks come from i mean the well known ones are okay but sometimes be careful they don't get any other toxins inside but i think too much of a good thing you know whether it's niacin Mm-hmm. taurine or even the sugars or even caffeine can cause you know i got people who had taken energy drinks and came with uh, severe palpitations you know mm. the heartbeat was very fast and uh, so they can get chest pain you know so you're very careful that if you already have a problem let's say you got a hypertension you got a heart disease you already got kidney liver problems then i'll be very careful taking all these drinks but there's a difference between energy drinks and like isotonic drinks yeah. right uh, isotonic are just basically electrolyte okay. they have a bit of sugar mm. but they're a lot of electrolytes they don't they have things that give you energy so they won't contain taurine or niacin or caffeine mm. they have some sugars but not so high but they're more of electrolytes you know they got sodium magnesium potassium all those type of things more again for people who after exercise sweat a lot they want to just replenish uh, again i wouldn't take that just for someone sitting in his desk the whole day and taking away because then you too much sugar increase sugar and your electrolytes can be too bit high so you don't want to do anything that's you know unnecessary so if you go for a let's say a long jog and you come back you take a uh, isotonic drinks fair enough Well, this next one is on a new study carried out on mice, which focuses on using salt to fight cancer. And researchers have actually successfully used sodium chloride nanoparticles to destroy cancer cells. So, of all that we know about salt, we know that it's not good if it, there's too much of it in your body. But now they're saying that they can use salt to fight cancer, doctor. Yeah, but I think it's the way the, the research was done is basically using, uh, you know, like nanoparticles that go into the cells, and you know. Then help to destroy the cancer cell. So yes, I think something very specialized. It doesn't mean taking our normal salt. <laughs> then, you know, uh, more of it is going to stop cancer. I yeah. doubt that that's how it works. And taking too much of salt, of course, you know, have your own issues uh, where you can have blood pressure going up. You can have heart failures. So I would stick to just the normal salt that you use in your cooking. I would always stay away from added salt, mm-hmm. and that that's be careful. And I would normally try to take things like sea salt or Himalaya salt, which has got less of sodium, but a variety of all the other sort of minerals inside. So Uh, do that i don't think so i would still advise anyone to take extra sodium chloride per but se, in this research it, the, it's a nanoparticle means it's like a specialized, specialized way they've done it to okay. push it into the cell it's not the normal salt that you are taking so it's not actually fighting 
the cancer, right? It's just going inside and causing some disruption to the cell. Uh, they call it a Trojan horse, like a Trojan horse. I it goes see. in and kills the cell. Now, what's the right amount of salt for us to consume on a daily basis? I think like what you just use in your food. So I wouldn't use added salt. That means I don't put extra salt. Mm. Uh, I can't remember actually. It says the number, but I think just putting just normal salt in your food should be good enough. I don't want people to take extra salt. But the problem is that if you eat a lot outside, mm. there's a lot of added salts. You know, with all the Uh, preservatives that they add in so that's extra your sauces have a lot of salt some of the drinks you take have a lot of salt so people actually end up taking a lot of sodium chloride well this one is actually from the star and it says that if you get headaches often magnesium supplements might actually help alleviate the pain so the question here I guess is how does Magnesium actually help prevent headache. Yeah, I mean, the, we don't know the real mechanism, but it decreases um, inflammation, also helps to reduce your blood pressure, and so whether these are the reasons why it, you know, maybe helps to reduce the headache. Uh, but magnesium has got a lot of benefits per se. You know, it can reduce your risk of diabetes, uh, reduce insulin resistance, even help your energy levels, help blood pressure. Like I said, reduce the inflammation. So there are many benefits of magnesium. So it helps relax the muscles as well, right? Helps relax the muscles too, right? So you know, help after the exercise. We do find that people actually. Have uh, lower levels of magnesium when you do that test, just like vitamin D. You know, this is two that a lot of people don't realize they have low levels of. Mm. And again, it comes back down to the your diet. Things that uh, have a lot of, uh, you know, magnesium. Again, things like almonds, your pumpkin seeds, your cashew nuts, your avocado, salmon, dark chocolate, not normal chocolate, dark chocolate. You know, so and this is not something that a lot of people take a lot. It definitely not available in most of our normal foods like our carbohydrates and all the fatty food. So people might actually not be taking enough food to magnesium. If you find that you're low, sometimes supplements can help. The magnesium normally comes at about 250 milligrams to 500 milligrams mm. uh, capsule, so that can be something you can supplement yourself. Uh, but I would still try to get it from the food. I think which is more important. Do you take magnesium supplements? Yeah, I do because I got a very strong family history of hypertension, so mine is still normal so far. And I think maybe it's magnesium one of the reasons that is. All right. So he takes magnesium supplements, which is why that explains his uh, magnetic personality. <laughs> Dr. Rajmans, thank you so much for being here <laughs> thank again. Thank you. He is the president of the Malaysian Wellness Society.